Here's the Catch is brought to you by GameTime, your new go-to app for the best deals on last-minute tickets. Did you know 49ers ticket prices tend to drop right before the game starts? GameTime tracks prices in real time from thousands of trusted sellers, then shows you all the best last-minute deals with prices up to 60% off. More than 12 million fans have downloaded the GameTime app and discovered the fastest, easiest way to get into the game. There are tickets across all major leagues and teams, so head to the App Store or Play Store now to download GameTime and score awesome deals on last-minute tickets. You're listening to Here's the Catch with David Lombardi, Matt Barrows, and Dennis Brown on the Athletic Podcast Network. Well, guys, we just saw the 49ers do something they have now only done 12 times in their entire regular season franchise history, and that's score over 50 points. And uh, I mean, we we spent the whole week leading up in, uh, into this talking about how this was going to be a test for a shorthanded 49ers offense against what the advanced metrics said was the number three defense in the NFL. And the 49ers turned around and hung 50 on Carolina, 51 to 13. I, I was going to ask Dennis, uh, th- this is the most points that they've scored since 1993, a 55, I think 55 to 17 game against the Detroit Lions in Detroit. Do you remember that game? Uh, 93, I, I don't remember the football game, but I do remember the points for some reason. And I don't, I don't know if it's because it's what's been talked about, you know, on the radio and, and just guys walking around and different people. But I kind of remember the score. And I know it was in De- Detroit, correct? It was in Detroit, It was yeah. in Detroit. I remember, you know, Ricky Jackson kind of having like three sacks or you know, something like that. I, I even had a sack in that football game. Even and you? It, even, even I had a sack. <laughs> and, but I, I don't remember, the, you know, the game like that, but I do remember uh, the score. And, you know, watching this, this team, now I know every week we say that this is the most important game and it's going to be a challenge. And it seems like every week the defense comes out yeah. and totally dominates the football game. And I've never seen a defensive line play like this. I mean, you know, Nick Bosa, yes. Eric Armstead, D, D Ford, uh, DeForest. I've never seen a DJ defensive Jones. line. DJ Jones. Did you see Jones. that closing speed? He comes in. He, I, 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 I thought it was DeForest. Okay. I thought it was DeForest Buckner. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, mean, I thought it was a linebacker yeah. or a DeForest. Yeah, he's fast. And you're talking about your second stringers. I mean, you're talking about guys who could start on other football teams. Well, I mean, it raises the, the, the question, how good is this team that we're the watching? The ceiling's high. Because uh, you were on some fantastic teams. There have been, obviously, great teams throughout the this franchise's existence, but this team is, is doing things against a good Panthers team. We should point right. that out. This is not... You know, it, it, it's not a uh, a terrible team that they played. They're they were coming off a bye. They were well rested. They, you know, supposedly were well prepared because of the bye. And yet, it didn't look like it though. It they were they were chasing ghosts today. Yeah, I mean, yeah. they, they were not in their gaps. And that was that was what struck me. It's just the ease with which the 49ers scored some of these touchdowns. I mean, it was the first game really this year that both defense and offense. Uh, we're just pummeling the opponent, and uh, right. what you, what you have is the uh, is the final outcome here. Yeah, and and you know, kudos to to the play. I mean, I, I know it's about the players, 
But the game plan today, if you look what they did on the offensive side, the misdirections, you had a great linebacker, Luke Keekley, yeah. who, who felt like he was like lost out there because you had all these different motions, these tackles, you know, uh, pulling, the guards coming back around and then running back to the other side. So, you know, it's just, uh, I think it just shows what you get in the Kyle Shanahan offense yeah. is that you have to be on your toes because he's trying to do the misdirection stuff. Well, this was no pared down offense with two backup tackles anymore. And and yeah. that's what I wrote about today. We, we saw a pared down offense against the Rams. The 49ers were very conservative. We obviously saw it in Washington because it was raining. Right. And we thought we were going to see it again today because Levine Toilolo didn't play all too much. He was banged up. That was the guy that was supposed to provide the help to Brunskill and, and school. But what really struck me today is the 49ers came out and said, we don't care if we have two backup tackles. We're going to show a home run hitting offense, even though we're shorthanded. And maybe I shouldn't toss out the word shorthanded as, as often anymore, because yeah. even with the backups, they were operating at, at full efficiency. I mean, you had double motions. You had Brunskill going and just plowing uh, Shaq Thompson 10 yards downfield on yeah, that one yeah. touchdown for Debo Samuel. Justin School, there was only one instance where you said, whoa, they have backup tackles, and that was when Justin School got beaten for, for, for the safety. Other than that, you didn't hear from these guys except in positive ways, and that allowed the 49ers to beat a really aggressive Carolina defense because they trusted their tackles. And they threw downfield. Yeah, I mean, there were there were really only two downfield throws, though. There was the twenty nine yarder to George Kittle, and I think there was a, another deep one to George Kittle in the second half, twenty five yards maybe. Um, but but otherwise, they were they were doing uh, a lot of screens. Uh, you know, the 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 touchdown by Debo Samuel. Um, if you go back and diagram it. I mean, it would, it, would, it takes you like uh, three paragraphs just to describe all the motions and all the different people who are moving. Lakin Tomlinson pulled out of the, the left guard spot to the right side, and, and the result was that nobody touched Debo Samuel on the touchdown, and that was the theme of the day. It was two touchdowns like that. Uh, Tevin Coleman didn't get touched on, on any of his until the last one. The last one was a, more of a goal line one, right, and right. he got hit at the end. He didn't go to the ground on any of them. He didn't get tackled on any of them. And every, when I was watching it, and I was watching it from kind of up high, so I kind of saw the plays develop. It, yeah. it reminded me of like high school wing T. You know, on that on that that one Tev, I think the first touchdown by Coleman. I think three guys went through the hole before he got the ball. Yeah. I mean, it, I mean, it's it's classic misdirection. I mean, it'll get linebackers out of position, and you kind of have to pick who you're going to tackle. Right. And if you pick wrong, it's a touchdown. And you're talking about running backs hitting the third level and not even being touched. I mean, I mean, that's just it's just brilliant to me that, that yeah. you can do that against a good de- – and this wasn't a bad defense. You got some hogs up front. You got them moving sideline to sidelines, and then all these gaps just open up. Yeah. And you got probably one of the best linebackers in the Yeah, in, in exactly. Yeah. Three, three first-rounders on that uh, Carolina defensive line. Everything has to be firing at full cylinders for that to work. I mean, the, the play caller can draw it up, and, and Shanahan's a genius, obviously. We've seen this, but the guys have to execute it. Everything has to come together, and somehow the 49ers are doing that even even without Staley, McGlinchey, Juszczyk. I mean, that, that's what – I predicted 17-13 to 13 for this game. I was really wrong. They I scored it was 51 be close, points. I thought it was going to be a lot closer. Yeah, there was also a weather element. I mean, there was there – was, Fairly high wind out there today. Yeah. They had gusts up to 35 miles per hour here. I don't know if it really affected anything on the field level, but, I mean, this wasn't a, a crystal clear day where you could just kind of sit back and do whatever you wanted. Compared to I, last week it was. Well, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I mean, so the, you had the elements to deal with. You had a, a well-rested team, and they still 
hung 51 points on the uh, on the Panthers. I mean, the question is, should we start making our plans for Miami in, in no, January? No, 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 don't do it. You're going to curse it. Don't do it. Who's going to beat this team, though? Don't do uh, it. Well, don't the, the thing it. is, when you have 175 <laughs> passing yards and you still score 51 points, that means that every facet of the game is so efficient. Uh, you, it's not yeah, you possible even to put blew those two a, together. Uh, an extra point in this game. Yeah, it, it, you even blew an extra point, and you know we we're joking that avoided the twenty-eight to three lead that <laughs> Kyle Shanahan uh, yeah. probably right. would hate. It, it kept it twenty-seven three, but that was one of the few blemishes. But then you just go through the, the entire performance. We talked about the rushing performance. Jimmy Garoppolo only one hundred seventy-five passing yards, but eight yards an attempt. Did it when he needed to. We could talk about the pick later, but yeah. outside of that, he was great. I think only four incompletions. But but even defensively, the efficiency was insane. Nick Bosa had 25 sack yards and 47 interception return yards. Yeah. So he had more yards than than you know can, Carolina can, was doing. Almost more yards than Kyle Allen threw for. That was one of the most phenomenal plays I've ever seen. You know what it, it reminded like me of? You guys may be too young for this, but Richard Dent once in the Super Bowl batted down a screen. And then ran it in for a touchdown. Against and watch, the Patriots? Yeah. yeah. And, and watching that, I was like, can this kid do everything? I mean, as far as I'm concerned, I've seen a lot of really good defensive tackles, defensive linemen. Right now, I think he's the best that I've seen in a long, long time. It, it seemed that that play underscored a lot of things about him, one of which was his awareness because he knew that the, the Panthers' tackles were, were chopping them, yeah. the edge rushers, and he knew that if he got chopped on that one, then it was a high likelihood that Kyle Allen was going to be going in that direction. So he got to his feet quickly, and, he, and it was all in one motion that he, he leapt up um, you know, he expected it to, to be coming, and uh, you know he had the wherewithal and the athleticism to snatch it out of the air there. And he thought he was going to be just uh, you know uh, taking on Kyle Allen for the for the touchdown, and he thought he was going to go in, and that, that's when that sneaky little uh, wide receiver snuck up well, on his left and, and brought him uh, eventually brought him down yeah. after a couple of stiff <laughs> arms. He, he had it, it took him, him a while to, to to bring him to the to the grass. You know, it's crazy. I think he outran a pick six. I think if he were a smidge slower, his reinforcements were uh, Car- all, all the other Carolina guys were further back. It was like six 49ers reinforcements right behind them. So if he had just been a little bit slower, the reinforcements would have wiped the receiver out with a block Wait and anyone yeah. to arrive or, yeah. or pitch it or pitch it yeah. I would have been looking for a, especially with <laughs> the, the how much of a TD. blowout it was yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean it, you get the glory because you got to come back on the field now remember yeah. if you score a touch you got to come back on the field so that would be you know well he had the uh, I, I grew up in Washington watching John Riggins go to the sideline and take the oxygen mask and you know have to kind of replenish himself Nick Bosa turned 22 the other day needed the oxygen on the uh <laughs> On the on the bench after that, uh, that that uh, takes return. a lot out of you. You got to block. You got to you got to fend off a cut yeah. block. You so got to jump. Burpee, yeah. You got to catch the ball. Then you got to run forty this yards. Is that takes a lot. It's a CrossFit just, workout. Yeah. Yeah. and that these guys just train train for just explosive stuff. You, yeah. You're used to just playing for four seconds at a time. And if you watch Nick Bosa play, it, it mean his his hand placement and his and his feet work are unbelievable. Okay, first of all, yeah. He gets an offensive lineman, and he's he's off, and he's got that hip, you know, boom, and he's past you, you know, and and, and that's something you don't see in many defensive players, and it's almost like his hands and his feet are working together. I mean, he does such a great job at it, and, and I enjoy watching him. And then he's got that motor, and that's what helps him out so much. He'll fall on the ground and get back up and make a sack. Can you can you walk us through that that SWAT move that he uses the one where he comes around the outside and and the offensive tackle seems to know it's coming, 
puts his hands up, and then Bosa's able to swap both of those hands down and, and move through him. It seems so simple to describe it that way. It's obviously not, or else everybody would do it. Can you sort of? Well, it's the way. It, so an offensive lineman knows that you're going to go for the hands. Right now, the key to to a good offensive lineman is to punch you. Now, the punch is to get you off balance, so you're not coming up field anymore. And if he punches you enough, but what the offensive lineman is trying to do is punch him, get his hands back. So if you got quick hands and you can get your timing right and your footwork right, and he punches you and you either go over or under with it, now he's off balance. And that's when I talk about that hip explosion. Yeah. So he gets off into lineman like this, and then and he's, he's already he's, he's yeah. hip to hip, yep. and he's got the explosiveness. Just boom, then he's gone. I, I just like to note over. that that Dennis just punched me uh, half a dozen times during that. <laughs> Those are sequence. taps. Those are taps. Ears beaten up as the uh, Panthers' <laughs> offensive tackle. I feel like there, Kyle right? Allen right now. <laughs> but that's what it, I mean. And, and but it's all about the coordination yeah. with your hands right. and your feet because you can get one. And if you don't get your feet underneath you or get hip to hip with an offensive lineman, it doesn't matter. Then he'll just punch you. He'll get his balance back and then punch you again. And then you just do it all, all the way around the corner. How rare is it that a rookie has has all it's that very se- rare. sequence down it's right now? It's very rare. You know, his brother's a good player, but I think he's a whole lot better. Well, that's exactly what Larry Johnson, Ohio State's defensive line coach, said this offseason. Did a big piece with Larry talking about all this hand stuff and all the technical details. And he said, you know, I've coached both of them, and I'll tell you right now, I think Nick is going to be better because we, I had him for longer, first of all. You know, my, I, I was starting to work with Nick, basically. I was able to tell him all these techniques when he was coming on recruiting visits, yeah. you know, and his brother was around before. And he really thinks that Nick Bosa, because he was able to learn the language of pass rushing and all these hand movements at a younger age, is more proficient than Joey. And I, I don't think you can argue uh, with yeah. the results it, we've seen so far. This, looks, so. this does not look like the defensive rookie of the year. This looks like the player yeah, of the year right that, now. That's a, good, that's a good point. I mean, we're talking about defensive rookie of the year. He's He's doing enough to be the defensive player of the year at this point. Yeah, yeah. One thing that I, I learned in a story that I did about the Bosa brothers is that Joey only recently, like in the last two years, started to, to uh, concentrate on flexibility and, and, you know, getting around the edge and really getting low. It's something that Nick has been doing because he follows everything that, that Joey does, but just three years you know, he's three years younger. He's been doing that since he, he moved to Ohio State. So he's more advanced than uh, Joey is now and certainly more than Joey was when Joey was a rookie in 2016. So he's got, uh, you know, ankle flexibility. You know, you see him bending a little bit better. So he's got all that plus the power, plus the knowledge um, that, that you know, uh, Dennis just kind of uh, described with us, uh, a sophistication to his rushing style that you just don't see in rookies. Yeah, and you know, and you put that with you know three really good linebackers, and you got a couple. You got another guy on the other side, and you got someone rushing on the inside, and you're at wide nine. Yeah, it just it's it's a perfect mix, and and we we have to talk about Eric Armstead. I mean, his game has cool. elevated. Yeah. I mean, he's a guy now, he is a force. And this is a contract year. I know he's motivated, but he's a force. Well, He's playing at a totally different level now. I didn't get a chance to talk to him, but I want to ask this week, his his burst this year. Uh, it, we saw it on a screen pass earlier this season where he chased the running back down from behind. was awesome. But, but the bursts of all these defensive linemen seem to have increased. I mean, we talked about DJ Jones. Yeah. That was awesome. But with Armstead today on that one sack, we didn't see that closing speed, and he was a good player last year. He registered well, but this year he's at near all pro level. 
uh, the PFF grades over 90, but that w- w- where is that extra speed coming from? Well, I, I don't think it's the speed. I think it's the attitude. And I don't know if you've ever been to, to practice and watch the defensive line and watch the way they're coached. The way that defensive line coach is old school, and it's all about fire. You know, you know, it's it's aggressive, it's urgent. Throw a fit to the quarterback. That's the old school style of playing defensive line, and that's what he. I think he just brings the energy. Oh, and yeah. I think when you put someone like a, a Bosa out there, then you got guys who say, "Oh shoot, you know, my level has to go up because my coach is there, and we got this rookie now who's already there." Yeah. And we are still – we're first-rounders. We're still trying to figure out our way. We're waiting for the game to slow down. We got to go. So you have a coach that kind of motivates you. And to play defensive line is an attitude. You have to have a mental focus, a mental attitude that you're going to get after people. And you got to have all dog in you. And I think that's what happened to Eric Armstead. Armstead finally figured out, I'm a massive man. If I lay my weight on somebody or I get a step on somebody, I can dominate him. And I got these long arms. So I think that's the coach. I think a lot of it's the coach that's kind of motivating. Yeah, you're describing Chris Kosurik, the the defensive line coach, whose mentor described Kosurik to me as like uh, like a raccoon on meth. That's it's that. interesting. <laughs> I haven't seen many raccoons on well, meth, you but can, it you sounds can ima- like it's aggressive. You can imagine what it would be like, and he's been like that since day one. I remember right. the very first, I guess it was a, a mini camp that, uh, that they held, Kacerik was in their ear just screaming at these guys to fire off the line of scrimmage, and, and I was thinking to myself, how is this guy going to keep up this, this pace, this, this, you know, Intensity throughout a whole season, he's going to lose his voice by, yeah. by the next week. He's done it, yeah. and uh, to your point, uh, he's he's communicated that to these guys because they're all playing really well. I mean, um, it, it, you know, you, you would think in a seven sack game, D Ford, how many did D Ford have? Two, three. He had zero in this game. It was all other guys who mm-hmm. were who were getting there today. And Ronald uh, Blair had a sack. Ronald Blair had a great sack. He had a, a, a shoe sack uh, yeah. that was uh, that was there in the second half. And I, there was six or no six sacks in the first half. I mean that's yeah. huge. Yeah, six and you're playing against a half. young quarterback who hasn't thrown an interception in what four games. No, yeah, and then he, he, he was, was sacked ten times coming into this game. So. Exactly. No. And then after he got so beaten up and, you know, so pressured in the first half, he was missing on everything in the yeah, second and half. He, throw, he threw his first three picks of, of the year. Yeah, the year yeah. yeah, Sherman got one of them. Uh, Bosa got the other one of them. Uh, and then uh, the Mosley. The Mosley pick was, I, man, that, that was like a Richard Sherman I, 2013-esque pick. I that can't, was nice. I can't yeah, remember yeah. a play that um, Emmanuel Mosley has been in that he hasn't been in the hip pocket of the the, uh, the receiver. Have he's he, got has great he, technique. Has he he's made a mistake great. yet? Yeah, he's got great technique. I, I, I don't think so. Not a visible one. And, and you could tell these guys are feeding off the pass rush, but also that today was the first time I really saw that the, the coverage was helping the pass rush too. I mean, they and Sherman, they've been saying that it's been, you know, a two-sided thing the whole time, and, and I believe them, but today it was so cohesive. There, there was a play where there was an incompletion. It was early in the game. It was the first third down, I believe, and Christian McCaffrey split out wide, and Richard Sherman noticed what Carolina was doing, and he made sure that Kwan Williams stuck on McCaffrey, even though McCaffrey was the wide receiver. And Sherman pointed out the switch before the snap, and then Sherman followed the slot receiver deep. And because the 49ers stayed disciplined, because Sherman noticed it, because the secondary was on top of their communication, nobody was open, and that allowed the pass rush 
to get to Kyle Allen. And I was like, I think it was Armstead on that sack. Or no, I think it was Bosa. But it was a second surge sack from Bosa. It wasn't like he just got him right away. Yeah. He got him on the second surge. And the only reason the second surge was still possible the coverage was because was, the coverage yeah. was there. So I, I saw them both feeding off of each other. And that needed to happen today because McCaffrey... Christian McCaffrey, such a dangerous outlet weapon. And uh, well, I think they stopped him as an outlet weapon, right? His receiving well, he, he wasn't got, he really... He got his yards. I think but he, on the he ground, was over 100. He got 38 yeah. um, Four, four for 38 receiving. That's right. huge. The, the running was there, yes. Right. Well, we'll talk about that. But I think they stopped him as the outlet weapon that could beat a blitz. Right. And that's and that's what, you know, they go to him in space. He's a guy that he gets in space and he makes things happen once he gets the ball in his hands. Uh, and 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 that was the one thing that my concern was going into this football game. How do you cover a guy like this that can line up in so many different positions? And once he gets the ball in the open field, he can make big things happen, big splash plays happen. And I and they contained. I mean, he got his yards, but they contained him. And he's probably one of the best running backs in the National Football League. Yeah. Well, I mean, sh- should we even uh, start to try to find some uh, some cracks in this team? I mean, that that would be one of them. Christian McCaffrey had uh, 117 yards, and he had that that 40 yarder. Um, I, I seem to recall Ronald Blair crashed down on that play, did not uh, uh, defend the edge like he probably should have, and that's right. what allowed him to get to the outside. So that that's that's 40 yards right there. But you know, defensively, that was that was all that the Panthers had. And uh, what quarter? I mean. You're right. The fourth quarter, you, I mean. That was in the third quarter. And uh, you're talking a lot of backups came in. I mean, played. I mean, there was still the pass was still there. But like you said, I mean, those some of those contained things, you know, maybe some those slight coverage things. I don't think a first down, there were one, one for ten going into the fourth quarter or yeah. something like that. They got a couple first downs in the fourth quarter. So, you know, again, you're talking about guys uh, that are at the second level. So those are some of the – I think as far as the game – I think of the first half, and I didn't see much. I saw a couple, you know, splash plays with McCaffrey, but I didn't see any big, big no, plays. They had him pretty well contained. Uh, the, the Panthers were two of thirteen on third down for the game, so that's that's outstanding. Right. Um, and then I guess uh, the 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 big offensive issue was the the pick, which was yeah. just uh, he he's got one of these a game. It seems like where Garoppolo just throws. Uh, into coverage and uh, Luke Cookley was was all over Kittle on that play and you know the, the Panthers must have watched the tape and known that okay uh, Kittle is the go-to guy especially um, you know uh, over the middle especially when they're looking for just a few yards and uh, it's hard to explain what uh, Garoppolo was seeing on that throw because he was there in its hip pocket that whole yeah, time. Yeah, it, it always seems every game Jimmy G. Jimmy Garoppolo is going to throw a pick, and you're going to be like, what the heck was he looking at? But then he comes back, yeah. and he'll throw a tight ball, or he'll get a, a touch on the ball. And it, But I think he just, every once in a while, he gets that Brett Favre in him, who was walking around. Yeah, yeah. locker room. Huh? After the game. The locker room. And he, he, tries to, he tries something that you just kind of go, what are you doing? But he always comes back, and he recovers well, well on it. But every, every game now. He, he's going to throw a pick. Well, for he's you. got seven picks, and, yeah. and, but they also have seven wins, so it, it hasn't hurt them. To and this he's point. what? What is he now? Fifteen and two. He's lost two games for the 49ers. Well, they so could yeah, take fifteen and two. It's pretty so. good. I mean, you just look at this from top to bottom. This performance today. It, it, let's put it in like bigger context, right? Because you you look at where the 49ers are going into the tougher part of their schedule, right? I think this was the bridge into that tougher part of the schedule. Let, let, let's, we have to remember that Carolina was 
so well rated entering this game. They were on a four-game winning streak. The defense was there near the top. So where do the 49ers go from here? You, you hang that, that 50, you know, 51 on a defense as good as Carolina's. I know you probably have a weaker opponent against Arizona this next week, but that's still going to be a little, you know, short week. It will be challenging, and then you have Seattle coming in. So I think this was kind of the perfect ramp-up yeah. as the 49ers – will start to get healthy. That's the biggest thing to me. Guys are going to start coming back now. Yeah, you, you've got Arizona, and Arizona's actually been a little bit better than maybe we thought they would be. Definitely. Uh, they lost today. They've got a losing record now. But, uh, you know, they, they've uh, shown a little something. And then the following week, um, home against Seattle, who's, you know, breathing down the 49ers' necks in the NFC West. And as David notes, that should be the week that, that Kyle Juszczyk comes back. It should be the week that Mike McGlinchey's back. Uh, Joe Staley will have already have come back for the uh, the Arizona game, so uh, this team should be close to having it, its its full complement of, of power on offense at least. Yeah, and I and, and and I think just moving forward, I mean, you got you got guys like Richard Sherman who who talked today about don't respect us, don't believe in us, and I think right now that's what you need. It's it's every game. I mean, the 49ers have played awful in Arizona. Uh, you know, this this offense is something that can be dangerous if you don't get after it yeah. fast. Kyler Murray can kill you, but you got to put some some hats on him. you got to put some hits on him. You make him make some bad decisions down the field. But they've got a good defense. they got still – Suggs has still got a lot of push yeah. in them. You know, and, and they, uh, they've got some good pass rushers in the middle too. So you go into this game and you, you prepare. It's a short week, but you – business as usual you go down there and you lead with your defense you go in your defense sets the tone of football games which you've done the last seven times and then you move on to the next game but it's going to start getting tough you know that Monday night game is going to be tough here and then you go on the road and you and you have to go play New Orleans you know and Baltimore and so, yeah. And Baltimore. yeah those yeah. two so, games in December so you just it's you, you just kind of do what you do this is your business now you understand what you got you understand that your ceiling is way up here and you just continue to prepare for the game that's that's up next. Kyle Shanahan has beaten the Rams. He's beaten the Seahawks. He has yet to beat the Cardinals. So this will be another yeah. notch, another challenge for this team. And to Larry Fitzgerald was still there last time I checked. Larry Fitzgerald, that that old guy, he's still but he playing. He kills the 49ers. Yeah, yeah he really does. Time. These he Thursday does. games we know are really weird because the lack of preparation and also the lack of rest that usually punishes defenses. We've seen that time and time again. And you know, we talk about Shanahan's creation. Activity and you know, how he was able to really just expose that aggressive Carolina defense with his run game and also with a couple of those over-the-top passes today. Well, uh, this is going to be an interesting matchup against a college-like offense, right? Cliff Kingsbury's bringing in the air raid into the NFL with Kyler Murray. So this is this is a very unusual test for an NFL team and an NFL defense on Thursday, and the 49ers get it on limited preparation and limited rest. So I would expect some points to be scored on Thursday, and if they aren't, if the 49ers defense shuts down Arizona again, then, I mean, that will be yet another indication that we're looking at a historic defense. And at this point, it, it, we're, we're almost halfway through the season, guys, and the numbers they're putting up – are it's them and the Patriots that both of those teams are putting up numbers we've never seen yeah. from defenses before. This week is going to be yet another test with that exotic. Scheme Don't say and, test. It's uh, not a test anymore. The it, test is who can beat the 49ers now. I mean, we get stuck in this thing that every game is a test for the 49ers. I think it's been proven. They fr- they That's how they see it. I think they've proven the they, now. They, you gotta, they fool themselves into thinking think that. that yeah. I, I think now it's like who who can beat us? No, I agree with you. Uh, I for mean, sure. you know, I think we've been talking about a test. It's hey, I think they've proved it. 
To me, at least, they proved it. Yeah, I mean, and because now you got to I mean, play how you play. You've played on one of these historic defenses, and in in '95 was was that defense that we compare this to, blowing it off the, uh, uh, blowing it out of the water as far as these numbers are concerned. And it, as I've said before, it's interesting because Pete Carroll, who coordinated the scheme that we're watching now, was was your coordinator back then. So I think yeah. that's totally fair. I do think that when you talk to a guy like Richard Sherman, he loves to. Uh, in his head to manufacture oh, yeah. disrespect, he, he did that today, right? Yeah. yeah. He did so, it today, so yeah. he he would disagree with you just be, even if what you're yeah. saying is true, just because he loves playing with that chip on his shoulder. Yeah. That's what made Seattle so good from 2012 to 2014, uh, maybe even beyond that, right? Maybe 2015, 2016. They still had some good units there, and I think that's fueling the 49ers a lot now. He he's brought. We look at Emmanuel Mosley making a play that looks like a play that Sherman made six years ago. We look at the defense coming off the edge. This same way Seattle did. We look at the interceptions that look look a lot like that Seattle team, and I think a lot of it is because Sherman has instilled the same mentality as those teams, and that's being pissed off all the time, not thinking that they've made it. They think every week is a test where they have to go beat their chest and prove how good they are. I, I, I totally agree. I totally agree. And playing with a chip and being angry and, and not having to respect, it fuels you. It gets you excited for a football game. Yeah, but how how long Bruce can Irvin. you concoct that though? Because as Dennis points out, I mean they've they've met every challenge. So. Yeah, but Bruce Servant, who was on that Seattle yeah, defense, came out today in the press conference and yeah. said they're not world beaters. Like they're getting their feel. Maybe, <laughs> maybe Bruce likes Richard. I mean, or Richard had Bruce's jersey after the game, so maybe Richard went and Wait, told he, Bruce, what "Hey, did he say after the game, he now? said they're okay, but they're not world beaters after they lost by thirty-eight. So what does that make you? If- yeah, yeah. Right. So, so, so I have a conspiracy you theory. Fifty-one points. I, I, I think that Richard Sherman put him up to it. Yeah. I think Richard Sherman put him. He's like, "Hey, you're a veteran. You're, you guys aren't going to beat us anyway. Why? Okay. We're not playing you. We're not in the same division. Ah, they're all right. They only put up fifty. Yeah. On us. Why don't you go tell the media that we're only all right, and then I'm going to pretend like I'm upset. I'm yeah. going to get my teammates fired up. Yeah, I'm going to use that, that. That's ingenious. If, if he chess pays, not checkers. To say that. Chess not that's checkers. At Stanford level. <laughs> yeah. Right. Because because Richard Sherman had Bruce Irvin signed jersey they did a swap after the game so it's not like bruce Irvin's bitter towards sherman his former teammate and is trying to throw some shade there it, it, it was weird yeah. to me well that's a theory you might be on that's something. A, yeah, yeah. you might be on to something before we go let's just talk about the new addition to the team this week Emmanuel oh yeah Sand, i mean from from jump i mean this what third play made a great catch here for for a first down and then went in in that first series and, and gets, gets a touchdown so out of the slot yeah yeah his, his so play, out of the slot. his playing time was going to depend on how much of the the offense he mastered he, he barely came off the field in the first half i mean he was off the field a lot in the second half because they didn't have to have the starters out there but it just showed you um how much he studied how eager he was to play in this game and uh you know it's like he's been here all season almost uh, and he said that 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 first that first touchdown four yards he ran a, a five yard out the ball gets tipped and it still ends up in his hands and it was like you know it was like kismet like yeah. it, it it was meant to be and uh, that's how he felt this whole game and it was weird because um, literally thirty seconds after he catches that touchdown um, his old team the Broncos were playing in one of the early games and right after that they lost 15-13 <laughs> so I mean it was like the universe was was telling him this is where he needs to be was that, like, it was like a hum <laughs> you know what that does the Broncos <laughs> lost it makes the 49ers draft pick that they acquired from the Broncos more valuable yeah, closer and the 49ers, together and the 49ers win makes the draft picks they gave up 
less valuable. So everything kind of broke the 49ers way today. Four catches for 25 yards. And the box score didn't do all too much, but you look right above him. Kittle, six catches for 86 yards. And I think the dynamic that we were talking about all week played itself right. out. Yeah. That yeah. slot complement to the tight end freed stuff up for Kittle. Yeah, he, he was catching deep passes today, which was, was different than previous yeah. games. Yeah, yeah. And, and then when you get into the tight spaces of the red zone, either you get your big Julio 6'3", six, 6'4", six, guy that you can toss it up to on a fade, or you get the guy that is quick and gets there in short spaces, and I think Garoppolo's skill set matches really well with that. And I think the 49ers were, what, four for five in the red zone? Yeah. Somewhere, somewhere around there. Yeah, there was one, one field goal, so yeah. Yeah, and that's great for the 49ers. I mean, that's something they've, they've been kind of dealing with the for the last couple of years. So efficiency in the red zone, fantastic. Awesome. All right, we hit our time limit. 49ers, 51. Panthers, 13. 49ers now 7-0. and Next game is on Thursday. We'll talk to you after the game on Thursday. Niners, Cardinals in Arizona. For Dennis Brown and Matt Barrows, it's David Lombardi. This has been Here's the Catch after another 49ers win.